Hi folks and welcome to this episode of the You, Me and ADHD podcast. Uh, this week we've got Rachel Wells on as a bit of a super guest actually. Uh, Rach is the head of culture and transformation at the Littleton Port Company. Uh, and I met Rach about, oh, I'd say maybe 18, 24 months ago. And we talked, um, we talked, we, oh, well I followed her, stalked her on LinkedIn as um, I think this episode shows. Uh, and uh, we've talked a number of times around um, ADHD and she talks uh, to us today on this episode about her journey as a parent of two twin boys who have recently been diagnosed uh, with ADHD. Um, to put it bluntly, Rachel has done the work. Uh, it's an amazing journey that she takes us through uh, around um, the validation of a diagnosis for her kids, meaning that um, she wasn't the shit parent she thought she was, and in fact, far from it. Um, watch and listen to how Rachel talks about her kids, her two boys, uh, with so much love, uh, with pride, and with real heart. Um, I think we're in the presence of a super mum here. Uh, and she's open and honest and at times raw uh, and she um, tells it as it is and also she tells us what it's like um, as a parent um, looking for reasons to blame yourself and how diagnosis helps uh, with that. Always yeah. putting things apart to understand how does it work and building it back up, usually with a few screws missing. <laughs> Hey, welcome to this episode of the You, Me and ADHD podcast. I love how Rachel is um, laughing already. I reckon this is going to be a bunch of fun um, today. We've got a, a really cool guest, which will bring a, um, a different perspective to how we've been talking about um, working, living and thriving as an ADHD positive uh, person. Uh, generally, we talk about adults. Um, but on uh, the podcast today, we have uh, Rachel Wells, who is the Head of Culture and Transformation at uh, Littleton Port Company. Um, I've known Rachel for a wee while now, and we sort of connected over LinkedIn and um, got together and have had uh, several coffees. And we've talked a wee bit about uh, ADHD, and I'm going to let Rachel tell her story, um, her adventures uh, in the world of ADHD positivity. Um, but... In looking at uh, Rachel's uh, LinkedIn profile, there's the first few lines are very much like mine. I'm like, oh shit, this is uh, there's some similarities this to, to this, and we're definitely not uh, the same, but we've followed some very similar um, paths. And there's a particular line there which I'm going to pick up on uh, soon with her, um, but I'm looking forward to a conversation around. Um, around being a parent uh, of kids with ADHD and also where that may um, influence perspective on the potential of people uh, within organizations. So let's see if we um, can get there, which I'm sure we will. Look, uh, without further ado, Rachel Wells, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. And it's great to be able to connect, especially you giving your time uh, today in a busy, busy work day where you actually work away from not only uh, home, but your home city. What What's your situation? Oh, but first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me. You said that there's someone really cool on, you know, I'm going, who's the cool person? But um, but no, actually, since working at Littleton Port, I tell you what, my kids think I'm the coolest mum. 
because I think I drive the straddles and the, the vessels, um, <laughs> but they'll figure that out one day. So yeah, so I, oh, I, I live in um, uh, Wellington, uh, Whanganuatara, but then commute typically Monday to Thursday down to to Christchurch, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you know what? It's 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 not easy, mm. but. Um, but look, in saying that, um, the role here is so worth it, you know, and we've talked about it before about just how, you know, working in an organisation where I work with um, people who are so authentic. So like, I was just talking to a guy out um, before I came to this meeting room about, you know, his experience with having a kid with ADHD. And it's wonderful because it, it gives me something that I can connect with other people, you know, guys that go out and... Um, and girls, I think we've got about three of them who who load our vessels and drive the cranes and that. And just you know, having these really open conversations is, is so powerful, and it really does build phenomenatanga. And it's something that since my, uh, my two boys now eight, they were seven when they were diagnosed. Um, you know, I think since they were diagnosed with um, both with ADHD, one more extreme than the other and one with dyslexia. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, yeah, you know, it was a struggle, but it's actually got such a rich side and component to it. Yeah. What did that diagnosis mean? Oh, what it meant was that I realised that I wasn't um, the most ship parent in the world that I thought I was. To be honest, you know, it, um, I used to go to the supermarket, Callum, and I used to see kids walking with the parents. And I said to my husband, why don't ours do that? Mm-hmm. And then I'd be standing there sort of in a, with a state of anxiety, hearing one child in the, the animal department playing with all the squeaky toys, yelling at the other child that's roaming around some other department, and they're yelling at each other. Um, so I used to tell them that there were like little cameras in the ceiling that could see what they were doing. <laughs> and, and there are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, and there is. But look, what it meant um, for me and my husband is that yeah, we weren't ship parents. Mm. What we realised is how you parent children with ADHD is quite different to how you parent children who, who don't have ADHD. Mm, yeah. Uh, so it's been it's been a real aha moment for us and yeah. for our boys. You know, mm-hmm. it's been massive for them because we've been very open and transparent. Um, right from the start with them that being said i had real issues with acceptance you know i was i was your typical i'm not going to medicate my children kind of parent um but thankfully the process that i went through you know i realized it wasn't about me (laughs) my kids (laughs) so yeah it's been a real eye-opener and it's given me a sense of calm in the sense that I actually know how I can help them now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Okay. So, did it? It gave you. Um, did it give you a reason for their behaviour? Um, and, and and how does that tie back to you feeling like you weren't the world's most shit parent? Because the one thing I've gleaned from our conversations in the past, Rachel, is that you are definitely not the world's. Sh- shittest parent um if anything uh the the way you stand up for and advocate for your kids um and i think the way you embrace them and, and at least in in what you've told me um i think is just 
um, amazing. Like there's almost, uh, I think you validate them as a as people, if that makes any sense. Would that be right? Yeah, look, I think that's way too complimentary. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I just, I think, so w- when we first found out the boys had ADHD, you get, you get this report from the psychologist, which is heartbreaking, because it's like, it's just, it's at the extreme. Mm. I remember sitting there reading this report, and I was at a conference, and I'm like, Phew, you know, but, and look, the other side of it too, is that for us to get the two boys tested, um, we had to go private. Mm-hmm. We were really lucky. We got in um, to somebody during their lunch break. Otherwise, we were going to wait eight months to go private. Yeah. Eight, and it cost 10 grand. Mm. So, you know, a very privileged position to be able to afford that because a lot of parents can't, and that's where there's a real lack of support. Mm-hmm. But when we got that diagnosis, I then realized that it wasn't um, the neurodiversity was not as a result of me having one glass of bubbles when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. But seriously, I was like, oh my God, ah. I had a glass of wine, one when I was pregnant, that, you know, and you constantly look to blame yourself. Mm. You think, right, what did I do? Or did I take too many Panadol? Or what, you know, so you're constantly looking for blame, mm-hmm. blaming yourself. Uh, but what it's given us is, Maybe not so much a reason, but just an, an understanding. Yeah, yeah. And then we're, you know, and we've still got, you know, we've still got the parents out there who I was once one. It was like ADHD, you know, really, it's just a naughty child. Um, so, so learning to understand how the brain works mm-hmm. has been remarkable because it's the same to a guy here on about cargo hands. I said, you know, to help center a kid with ADHD, you give him a stimulant. He's like, yeah, what? I'm yeah. like, stimulant. I said, so if I'm out and my kids are playing up, I give them a mocha, you know, I give them a coffee and I get some really weird looks and the odd, you know, bad parent comment. Um, Who which, cares? You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I know, it's like, screw you. But it really validates the fact that the brains work differently. And, yeah. um, and I think they'd be really, open Callum and I'll share this with you guys I can remember when the um, uh, psychologist rang us and she said look I'm not into medication she said but your boys would would do well medicated mm-hmm. and all the alarm bells went off for me because I think oh meds you know which is why in our house we call it medicine uh-huh. not medication small difference but yep. big difference yeah and I said to the psych, who I didn't like, which wasn't helpful, I said to her, I said, well, I don't want to medicate my children and, you know, it's not right. And she said, you know, what are you so scared of? And I said, well, they'll get labelled. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, they'll, they'll get labelled as ADHD kids. And she said, but Rach, they, they already are. Mm. But they're labelled as naughty, disruptive, mischievous, um, fidgety, rude. And I think for me, that was a moment because she said that they're not doing that intentionally. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I think that's probably when I had my oh shit moment. And that's when I thought, this is not about me because that's what it was about. It was about me. I didn't want to be seen to be the parent mm-hmm. in the case of my kids. And what she made me realize is that we needed to do this for them. And we have. And look, honestly, Kim, I've had phone calls from the school saying, what have you done with your children? 
And I'm like, oh, what have they done now? <laughs> and um, but it's been about how they've been focused, centered. Um, and the boys, boys are really aware of it too. Mm. Uh, and I'll check in with them every now and then. I'll say to Noah, you know, oh, you know, how's it going with your medicine? How's the focus going? He's like, oh, mm-hmm. which means good. Yep. And I said to Casey one day, I said, how's it going with your medicine? How's your focus going, sweetheart? Casey's a high-functioning one. Yeah, it's pain in the ass, actually. <laughs> he just, you can't want to debate against him. But mm-hmm. he said, mum, it's, it's really good. I said, oh, great. And um, what a lot of parents don't realise is kids with ADHD typically swear mm-hmm. and, and typically um, steal, not because they want to steal, but they just like something, so they just take it, yep. right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, he said to me one day, he goes, mum, it's like all that, that Lego in my bedroom. And I thought, God, where are we going with this? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, mum, you know how I've got all those boxes of Lego and I've got sh- like shit everywhere. I was like, yes, sweetie, you've got stuff everywhere. He goes, and you know how the colours are different? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, now the colours are like in the right box. So in my head, I know where to go to find them. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, it's just, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. So he's likening um, how he has um, has collated and categorised uh, things in his head to the what he's yeah. done with the Lego, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I mean, that just speaks volumes to me. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it has been a challenge. I think, you know, as I've mentioned to you before, um, you know, the, the thing, you know, you go from being that parent questioning who you are as a parent and what you've done, you know, I've swung full pendulum to being a huge advocate where I've had to call teachers on their behaviour, I've had to call... Um, after school care people mm-hmm. um, but you know to help them understand as well mm-hmm. that you know when you've got a kid with ADHD who's been disruptive you don't make them sit on a dot and not move on the floor worst thing you can do absolutely <laughs> you, yeah. you don't tell them to stop fidgeting because that fidgeting mm-hmm. um, occupies a part of the brain as you know that allows the other part to focus yeah but um, there's just, I think there's still such a, a lack of understanding and awareness around it. Yeah, absolutely, there is. Yeah. yeah. What do you What do you think then? Um, now that you have um, a deeper understanding, and um, you know your kids like nobody else will ever know them. Um, what do you, What do you see even now at the age of eight that you that may um, may be realised, but it, who knows? It could change. But right now, what do you think there? Um, their talents, their, their their gifts, maybe even their wee superpowers mm-hmm. might be right yeah. now. I love how you say superpowers, and I love that because when they saw Vaughan Richardson, who's a paediatrician, yeah, he said to the boy, he didn't say, you've got ADHD, you've got this, you know, um, deficit. He said, you guys know that you've got superpowers, right? Awesome. And they were like, whoa. So, you know, Noah... ADHD, he, Noah has this incredible ability um, to do things like gardening, um, anything tactile, gardening, mm-hmm. um, cooking, you know, he knocks out a mean roast chicken. Yeah, at eight. Yeah, at eight, yep. He, um, he's also incredibly empathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just re- he's a really kind, gentle soul and very aware. Is he, is he dyslexic? Yes. Yeah, right. 
I reckon it's that combination of ADHD and dyslexia which builds that yeah. empathy, um, like massive, massive empathy register there um, with lots yeah. of people that I've met um, who have a combination of both. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, carry on. Right. Yeah, you know, and that <clears throat> dyslexia too. Like, I mean, you know, um, Casey, it was really high functioning. So we were trying to put together these little wooden dinosaurs. So Casey and I were sitting there, oh, hopeless, and it's like, where does that bit go? And I don't know. Look at the picture. What does the instruction say? And then Noah turns around and goes, what about this, Mum? I said, how the hell did you do that? He didn't even look at the instructions. No. He said, I didn't need to. I just looked at the picture yeah. because they see in 3D. Uh -huh. So for kids like Noah, <clears throat> I think like, you know, the best builders um, out there are typically ADHD dyslexic, mm -hmm. right? You know, they, they can't write that shit they can build. Mm -hmm. Architects, you know, people who see things in these different dimensions. So, you know, he um, and he's really creative. Um, Casey, on the other hand, is, is really high functioning, but he has this scary wit mm -hmm. where we'll be watching a kid's movie, but it'll have adult undertones and jokes in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Casey's sitting there laughing away. And now I was like, what? What's funny? <laughs> I don't get it. Because um, Casey picks up on those nuances. Casey's yep. also ambidextrous. So he sits there and he's done it at school and freaked them out. And when he becomes impatient, if he's carrying in a picture, he'll just use both hands to get it done quickly. Wow. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. He's freaked out a few people. And I must, when I saw him do it, I was like, what? Um, but again, his um, Casey's critical thinking skills are just off the chart. Yeah, you know, I watch him when he's trying to do something, and he might be struggling. And I see him, you know, a bit of a MacGyver looking around the house. Mm -hmm. What can I use? What can I utilize? What can I adapt? You know, always yeah. pulling things apart to understand how does it work. And building it back up, usually with a few screws missing. Yeah, but that's efficiency, right? You got some yeah, leftover for, for another project. Yeah, and, and as you said, you know, energy to burn. Yep. Um, when Casey was, had just turned six, um, he said, Mum, I, I want to come out for a run with you. I said, Sweetie, I don't think it's a, a good idea. I'm going to go around uh, Mount Kau Kau. It's about a 12K circuit. And he mm -hmm. said, oh, But I'd like to come. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll just take a, you know, a few extra treats just in case. He, and he ran the whole way. And he did a 12K mountain run with his own little backpack. As a six-year-old? As a six-year-old, yeah. Uh, Noah does exterior races with me. Yep. And, um, Your LinkedIn profile um, has them wearing medals and race numbers. What's that at? Shit. So that was that was actually a really simple event in Wellington. It was, um, I think, it was an eleven k run out at the Rimataka Incline. Uh huh. And I said to the boys, "Stay with Mum." And this is before they were on their meds. Stay with Mum. Yeah. Stay with Mum. Yeah. You're gonna stay with Mum. Yep. The gun goes off. Boom, gone. So <laughs> <laughs> See you, Mum. So the whole way. Um, I was just, I was terrified I was going to lose one. And then Casey goes running back to the finish line and I'm yelling out at him to stay at the finish line. He's like, yes, mum, get to the finish line. No, Casey, I found him <laughs> at, at the food tent. Um, and same as when we did around the bays. Um, I've got a Garmin, so you can see, yep. you know, if I run in a straight line. 
And I got home from being around the base because it was such a wonderful idea to do it with the boys. And my husband said, how did it go? I'm like, never fucking doing that again. <laughs> he said, well, what happened? And I've got different directions and then they're crossing paths. And my Garmin data is like this. Okay. You know, <laughs> that was just... You've done cool. an extra 5K. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, getting them out, getting mm-hmm. them to burn off energy. Yeah. Um, helping them realize when they're successful mm-hmm. um, and even with um, a lot of people are real anti-tech um, with, with kids with ADHD and I too was struggling with that because the kids played a lot of Minecraft mm-hmm. and I said it to a guy I know who's a developer and he said well Rach he said you know that Minecraft is effectively 3D interactive Lego don't you with strategy built in behind yeah and I was like oh okay um, and they used to come up to me, Kel, you know, the boys would come up and go, Mum, look at this um, world I've built. And I would go, oh, not interested, sweetie. <laughs> that, like, that doesn't do it for me. But that that's an achievement to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now when they come up, I'm like, wow, that's great. How does it work? And That's the like, thing. When you get into people's worlds, like literally, especially with yeah. um, Minecraft, but with, when you acknowledge with kids, especially with ADHD, um, that what that their achievement um, matters to you like that that speaks volumes of the relationship that you have and also what I love about Minecraft for um, for kids as well is that they've already imagined that world Minecraft is giving them the opportunity to 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 build that and for other for other people to see that because there's if there's one thing um, you know there's many frustrations of ADHD but one of them is nobody can see what's going on in our head and I think Minecraft for kids gives and even for adults to be honest um, gives um, the gives us the opportunity to go this is what it looks like inside my head this is part of the world inside my head no it's not all farmland and you know big waterfalls and and that sort of thing but it's um, I, I think it's an it's an offering and it's opening up to go this this is what it's like um, yeah and it's a yeah yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really struggle with that, but then when I think of it as as that, and you know, it's just a different way for them to achieve and be successful. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's that's okay. Yeah. 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 And like, I love how you've already spotted um, those things, and you're nurturing uh, those superpowers as well. That that that's really important to validate. Um, those I like I love the way you do it. I love the way you get lit up when you talk about your kids as well yeah. and I know look they've got to be there's got to be some frustrations um, that, oh. that come with it but now you kind of know the reasons why and one of the reasons why is not that you're a bad parent so it's not your fault in any way in fact there's no no fault in fact if anything um, I hope one day parents go shit I wish we could put that down to me rather than go oh that's not my fault but go actually as a result of of us our kids' brains are that way, and that's magic because so we have. Well, I know, but we have this, the, like the stigma, and even the the, the label of ADHD, a deficit, um, and that it's a disorder. Like, no, it's not. But we need to flip that and go with the positives. And I love how you're harnessing the po- positives. And one of the other ways you, that you're doing that is you're saying it's not my kids' fault either, because they're not choosing to behave that way. They're not choosing to be. Um, little shits they've just got a lot of energy and they get bored really easily like they grasp concepts uh, really really quickly quicker than most in class and as a result they um, need to move around right they go oh yeah I've got it 
and yeah. they need some other yeah some other stimulation yeah absolutely <laughs> so here's a question that i um that i have asked a couple of guests on the podcast as adults mm -hmm. and i'd like to ask your take on this mm -hmm. If your boys woke up tomorrow morning without ADHD, what would you miss? Oh, I'd miss being waking up at five o'clock in the mornings with the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> okay, so that's not uncommon, so they're quite over cleaning. Uh -huh. I'd miss the, the wittiness, the creativity. Um, and look, I'd actually, I'd miss the noise. You know, I, I say to people that it, I find it really hard because, you, you know, I'm getting hammered, um, because yeah, they're, they're just like this 24 7 but then when it's quiet i'm thinking oh, you know there's a massive void you know they uh oh yeah i'd miss everything about them well they wouldn't be my children if they they didn't have mm. adhd you know it's those little nuances and um yeah it would yeah i couldn't imagine it so do you think yeah, it's a big imagine. part of who they are Oh, look, absolutely. Um, but they've really embraced it as kids, which I love. Oh, awesome. You know, Noah, um, Noah was initially concerned about taking medication, but we've talked him through that. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about the things that they do and how their superpowers give them that ability to do that. And look, Vaughan Richardson was wonderful in really framing that up for us. Um, but, you know, look, they still, you know, they have no has massive issues around reading and writing, but he's progressed really well. Yeah. You know, I've said to him, I said, sweetie, that won't hold you back in life. You know, you'll get through it. My mm -hmm. reading sucked at his age as well. Um, but, it, you know, they are, they, they are who they are mm -hmm. and they wouldn't be, they, they wouldn't be who they were without, yeah. you know, that diversity. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So through this sort of um to me like these are my words not yours rach but there's kind of been this enlightenment that's come from um from you having your kids to start with them being who they are and then with the diagnosis that's said that that's explained some stuff um about them and as a result you have um you've you've really built on your relationship you've said this is what we need to focus on and i reckon that you like the discipline as a parent um that i rec that you're talking about is phenomenal because some people will go fuck it it's just so hard mm -hmm. and if that's if that is the um if that's the diagnosis well shit what am i going to do but you're going actually no that allows us to zero in on some stuff and to yeah. and to to relax or relent or give up trying to battle this stuff and go, this is what oh, matters here. Yeah. Yeah. So then what also I'd like to bring in, um, the, the, the big aspect of, um, you and your experience and your, um, professional history around, um, HR and transformation and being essentially in that sort of people capability profession for, for a, a while, how has, how is your learning and experience with um, people dear to you with ADHD who are ADHD positive? How, how has that changed or influenced how you view um, people and potential in the workplace? I love how um, in your, your LinkedIn profile, there's a line there that says that you're passionate about enabling an organization to reach its potential through its people. What's the connection between that and your knowledge now of, of ADHD and people with ADHD, if anything? 
Yeah, hey, look, that's a really good question. I think there's a, there's a couple of sort of strands to that. One, one is about understanding what potential is. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I don't want to offend people, but potential isn't, you know, um, middle upper class um, white who have come from a good school. You know, some of the people that um, I've worked with in the past have had some of the most challenging upbringings, mm-hmm. you know, in such diverse, you know, um, exposure. We have people here in our organisation at LPC who, um, and now really starting to talk up, and I mean, I'm talking staunch union people who have really been now open as we've started more of this conversation around, hey, well, you know, I used to have drug and mental health issues and this is what I've done. Um, I think for me, it's about, yeah, how do you define potential? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, um, we have our good nine box grid, which drives me bonkers, which <laughs> we jam people in. Yeah, but potential is so much more than that. I don't think mm. we've really explored that yet in the professional, or not enough. Um, you know, when I look at um, some of the people that I've had in my teams, um, I've had people who have looked at them and I thought, well, there's something different about them. This is in years gone by. And it's only now that I'm realizing that they were potentially on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, worked with a wonderful woman at um, MFE who was very open about being diagnosed as an adult with ADHD and mm-hmm. how that's helped. Um, a lovely woman in my team at MFE, her partner was going through that whole process. So mm-hmm. I think sort of going down that route, what it's, as an individual, as a leader or as an HR professional, it's given me a better appreciation for the support that parents need in the work mm, environment. Nice. Or even partners. So, yeah. um, and look, there's, there's, excuse the expression, but there's fuck all support out there anyway for parents with ADHD. You've got to be in the 1% of the extreme to get mm-hmm. uh, support publicly because it's so underfunded. And for the record, I think that's a highly appropriate way of framing it. There is fuck yeah, all. Yeah, it's just... That's right. Look, I had a, a woman, uh, a friend who has supported us endlessly who has uh, a boy on the spectrum mm-hmm. and at extreme ADHD. And... She had to call her neighbours to help with her boy who was having an episode mm-hmm. because cams didn't respond because they deemed it not serious enough that he was standing on the roof of their house, potentially looking to jump off. And the police wouldn't respond either because it was a, wasn't was a police issue, it was mental health. Yet she was calling cams saying, I desperately need support, just wasn't there. So um, what I find is you get support from those who are going through it. What I've discovered in the work environment is I have here at LPC, as I did at MFE, mm-hmm. as I did it um, at um, MB, is there's so many employees out there struggling with parenting their children with ADHD, yeah. and they don't know what to do. Mm. They don't want to talk about it. So I've been gobsmacked at the number of people that have come to me and said, hey, I, you know, I'm having these challenges with my daughter. How, how do you... How do you do this? Um, or it might even be having an employee ring me and say, Roach, I can't come into work today because my partner hasn't been able to get his medication and he's having a rough time and I need to be with him. Mm-hmm. And that's no different to her partner having a physical injury that you can see that needs to be dealt with. No. So I think it's just, um, it's really helped me understand yep. and to better support other parents in the work environment, mm-hmm. 
um, as well as, as partners who have partners going through this as well. So that's been huge. Yes, a very different lens. That's to cool. Five yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had, okay. Um, so, and you've worked in a number of um, varied um, uh, workplaces in a number of sectors, both um, private and public sector, uh, and different industries as well. Which I, um, I I love. Like what I I gather from you and your work history uh, is that you're quite a curious person. And I think um, what I've noticed is you're not only curious in nature, but you're curious about the future. And um, and am I right in thinking you're curious about what part you can play in the future, especially if that's um, around the future of work, the future of workplaces, uh, the future of how we harness people and their superpowers? Oh, look, absolutely. And I think, you know, if it wasn't for the boys, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be thinking about this. You know, we've had COVID come along, which has really challenged um, our ways of working, our mental health, how we support each other. Mm-hmm. But there's all, you know, and there's a massive gap there around how do we support our people in the workplace who are going through this with their um, their children or their mokopono because we had that a lot in in other areas. So, you know, what are some support mechanisms? You know, we have the rainbow support mechanism. We have Māori, we have Pacifica, um, we have all these groups. And I'm going, where's the the support wraparound? Mums, dads, partners, whatever who have this going on in their life and are mm. struggling to deal with it because mm-hmm. it, it's not there. So, um, and look, to your point too, Callum, um, the paediatrician, when we saw him, he looked at my husband and I go, so which one of you? <laughs> like, Pardon? And he said, you know, if it's passed down genetically, it can come down from the male side. And um, yeah, when I, when I look at my career history, and we've discussed this, I go and I do a job and I just get bored. So I move on to the next thing. Then I get bored, I go on to the next thing, which you know what is an absolute attribute of ADHD. Yeah, for so sure. I have no doubt I'm on that spectrum. Uh-huh. Um, You've also, look, you're, um, you do, and I've, I'm no expert. It's not for me to even suggest or diagnose, but come on, um, Ironman triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> who's got who's, who's got the excess of energy? <laughs> oh, I know that's slightly yeah, bonkers. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just, but I think the point though too here, Kim, is you know actually there's a bit of it in all of us. Yeah, yeah, because there is, but it's just a different different spectrum of that. Um, and and yeah, how we harness that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The um, okay, we'll we'll wrap up soon, Rach. But I wonder if. Um, is there anything that you've um, noticed or realised that we just don't do well in terms of harnessing people at work with um, who are neurodiverse? Like, um, you know, that I've got a real issue with the employee life cycle because it's it's built on that um, uh, one size fits most, and that there's a um, an expectation that most people will follow the same path and journey through, um, into, within, and out of the organisation, right? Um, and I don't think that necessarily takes into account um, neurodiverse brains and how people experience not only uh, the world and their day to day, but the workplace as well. Do you have any um, any insights or just just ideas, anything you've noticed um, around how we could 
maybe how HR, but how leaders, uh, employers could do better with um, staff who are, say, ADHD positive. Yeah, look, absolutely. Oh, go on, get that. Just my boss ringing. So good. Yeah. Great. Um, Bit busy. Yeah, look, that's a that's a really interesting question. I just think of um, down here. I was running some. I call well, I call them design sprints. God, I shouldn't have called them that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, we we were, we're starting to I was starting to help the business explore this thing called culture because they think it's soft and fluffy. Now, don't realise that culture determines whether their straddles get fits. Culture will determine whether they're listened to out there. Mm-hmm. And um, I invited somebody into one of the sessions, and somebody said to me, well, don't, don't invite them. You, you can't have them in the room. And I said, why? And they said, oh, well, you know, they'll be really dis- disruptive, they're inattentive, and they're a complainer. I was like, okay, great, right. Bring them in. Yeah, absolutely, and we did. And we had him in the room, and, and this guy is pretty hardcore. Yet I was just gobsmacked when I got an email after the session saying, Thank you so much for inviting me, and thank you for listening. Mm. So, you know, that was like one example. We had, a, I had another example with a, a, an employee who came to me and said, Hey, you know that stuff we talked about in that session? And I was like, Yeah. He said, um, I want to take that home, and I want to have a conversation with um, with my son who's struggling in this space. And we were, we we're talking about culture and behaviours. We we're talking about ADHD, and he uh-huh. said, but I, can, "I can use it at home and make the environment better." And the conversation we're having now, LPC, which I think is just fantastic, is we're having the conversation around how do we redesign our whole employee experience. And when I talk about employee experience here, people go, employee what? What's that? Mm. So it's a really new concept here, but it's around how do we design that experience for people who are neurodiverse? How do we design that experience um, to embrace an overlay tikanga? Mm. You know, how do we make it inclusive? Uh, so, so I said to the team, I said, hey, this is cool. I'm now gonna make you all go through a whole lot of um, um, design thing, a design employee experience design school, and we're going to do this together, and we're going to learn, and we're going to bring it back, and then we're going to redesign this. So that that's been great. You know, yeah. to think that we can do that in a port, you know, um, has just been fascinating. So, and just to harness like different yeah. perspectives and to utilize that people will come at things a bit differently and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. wrong because we want everyone to have the same um, thoughts but we want people to bring their experiences and the way they do approach things to make sure that we're catering for um, for the people who aren't here yet right I think that's part yeah. of part of the part of the plan is around how are we designing and setting up our organization for people who aren't yet employees and what does that look like yeah yeah and we've got a long way to go but i loved it when i was having a i was about to have a conversation with paul wood about mental fitness in the work environment Uh so i went out to one of my uh, foremen and said hey you know i'd love it if you could come on this call he's like why i said because you're an advocate in the space He's like, yeah, my, my, absolutely. I said, you've got that lived experience. I said, you know, that's what I want in the room. And again, they'll go, well, I'm only a foreman or I'm only a cargo handler. And I'm like, no, you're not only. It, you are who you are and what you bring mm. 
will help us design solutions that will meet more than just that sort of, you know, yeah. white middle class that we're designed for. Yeah, you're the core of the organisation, right? You're what yeah. you do what we're here to do. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Hey, thank you so much. The um, I, I reckon when people uh, watch or listen to this, they'll go, oh shit, she's um, she's onto it. I want to be a bit like her. I want to do some stuff, um, or I want to pick her brain a little bit. So you might have set yourself up here. Um, mm. And we'll give you a, give you a few weeks. There's a few weeks before this one will be published. But how, if you want them to, mm. how can people get in touch with you? Oh, look, people are welcome to connect via LinkedIn. You mm -hmm. know, I've got all my contact details in there, email, phone number. Um, so they're welcome to call me. Uh, you know, if I can support anyone as people have supported me, uh, absolutely. And, you know, and to make it okay to stand on the top of your roof and yell out with confidence that, you know, my kids have ADHD and to be proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Like, as you were... Um, you know, relaying some of those stories there. Like I've even got them now. I get goosebumps just hearing, um, hearing you talk about uh, about your kids and and the how you don't have to view this through a negative lens and mm -hmm. how yes there are frustrations and yes um, your kids get frustrated because they. Um, they struggle with with stuff and expectations and fitting within the box and the mold and, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But with that comes so much gold, so much goodness, so much mm -hmm. um, humanity. Um, yeah. And and what we don't necessarily see with kids that are fidgeting or disruptive is uh, we see that outer layer, but we don't see the fact that those kids have big hearts and oh, you know harnessing harnessing that and letting them show that um yeah. getting past ourselves and our own stereotypes and judgments and that sort of thing and and seeing the kid um is and how hard is it for a kid i mean oh, yeah pediatrician said you know being a kid with adhd in primary school is like living in a barrel and having shit thrown at you on a daily basis right yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so i'm more than happy for anyone to reach out and just you know, a closing comment is, yeah, it is fucking hard. And I too have had those days where I've sat in a room and just cried, or I've had to walk away from the situation because, you know, the kids, when they're, they're coming off their meds, it's like, no, as a seven coming into crash land. But we know how to now soften that landing for them. Um, wow. That's a so, great metaphor. Great way of, of viewing it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, thank you so much. You're an absolute oh, you're so champion. Welcome. Keep being amazing. Um, th yeah, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate your time. Go well, uh, stay safe and stay in touch. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You, Me and ADHD podcast. Um, my hope is that it's been worth your time of some value, that it's been interesting or even enlightening, perhaps. Hey, if nothing else, I hope it's been entertaining. I really appreciate you showing up. You see, I really want to do some serious damage to the stigma and stereotype that ADHD is bad, uh, that it's wrong, and that those of us born with ADHD brains are somehow broken, because we're none of those things. And you can help with this too. If you were to uh, like, comment, or even share a link to uh, any one of these episodes, or the entire podcast, uh, just to one person, I'll be a happy little ADHD camper, and I love camping.
I do. So thanks for stopping by. Uh, I hope to see you soon. Uh, stay in touch. Get in touch in any way uh, you feel the need. And I look forward to chatting. Until then, peace, love, and heaps of impulsivity. Take care. Bye.